We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, everybody? Welcome into your December 7th episode of the OBR Film Breakdown. I am your host, Jake Burns, joined by co-host Andrew Spade, our loyal every single week guest, Jordan Zerm. He's on a roll, folks. The baseball stuff is long gone, even though, hey, we got to say the good vibes, Jordan. We always hit on the other Cleveland sports. You're talking first overall pick. I have to ask ahead of time because you cover more of these sports as I welcome Jordan to the show. He's going to get to do his usual intro, which is always so good. Uh it makes Andrew, you know, usually have to step his game up a little bit there as well. Uh, did you know the MLB draft lottery was yesterday? I had no idea. I did not know that it was going on. It's so bad that be- because I, I literally work for a, a sports publication and I did not know that the MLB draft lottery was happening until somebody in Slack tagged me because they were like, hey, congrats. And I was like, for what? For <laughs> and they what? Like, oh, the Guardians got the number one pick. I was like, <laughs> That was today. Cool. Um, yeah, it was a wild swing of emotions because the excellent um, Zach Meisel for The Athletic wrote a piece about how the Guardians are basically uh, not going to spend uh, any more money than they're already 25th, I think, in Major League Baseball payroll last season. Uh, so we got our, our offseason dose of, hey, we're not going to do anything monetarily to improve the team. So that was depressing. But then uh, you got the number one pick. So I guess you know, I think someone did that on purpose so that they could um, land land the plane with the uh, yeah we're gonna pick a, a player who maybe we'll see in four or five years, but we are uh, we're not giving any money. So, um, but no, I uh, MLB does not do a great job <laughs> with a lot of its around the sport things, the draft, the lottery, free agency, all of that. So, uh, a lot of work to be done there. So, since two thousand ten, Bryce Harper. Garrett Cole, Carlos Correa. That's a good three three player run. Brady Aiken and Mark Mark Appel. Yikes. Dansby Swanson. Okay. Mickey Moniak, Royce Lewis, Casey Mize. It's, it's rough there. Adley Rutschman, Spencer Torkelson, and then there's some guys where you got to see if they make it right. Henry Davis, Jackson Holiday looks like the real deal, and then Paul Skeens drafted last year. The number one pick in baseball, not as lock as you would like it to be moral of the story. I, I kind of like looked a minute immediately at like who the top player is. 
Is there a guaranteed guy? Is there someone? Is there a generational player? And I don't. The, it goes Guardians Reds. I don't see one Jordan. So you know to see if they get it right. Yeah, I don't know enough about the prospects. I I did a little bit of reading up. There's a kid that plays, I believe, a first baseman for Wake Forest. Um, that is on a lot of people's radar. Um, I will say there have been more hits than out of those names that you just mentioned. There have been more hits than misses. Uh, Royce Lewis um, had a hell of a year this year for the Twins. Uh, so there's, I, I mean. It, the, like any sport, you feel like you get the number one pick and hopefully it's going to pan out. But yeah, the other thing with baseball is you just never know how long it's going to take for them to get to the big league. So it's not like the NBA or the NFL where that person's on the roster immediately, you know, and contributing yeah. year one. So yeah. uh, that's another part of it. But hey, you'd rather have the number one pick than not have the number one pick, as um, I believe the philosopher Plato once said. So he did say something of the sort. Yeah, he did. So. Good for you, Guardians uh, supporters that are also crossing over to this podcast. We took two minutes on baseball there. Sorry about that. We are back to football, and with that uh, notion, we bring in the football guy. I mean, just Mr. Football everything, uh, Andrew Spade. Andrew, what's up, man? How are you? So I don't follow baseball that much um, when unless the Guardians are good. I'm a, a classic front runner bandwagon fan. Um, also, it's just hard to find them on TV these days. That's been cool the past few years. So. Yeah. Yeah. They like to play under cover of night from what I understand. What I would like to ask is they've changed rules recently. There's a pitch clock now. Apparently there's a draft lottery for the first some number of picks. Is it possible that the Guardians could draft Shohei Otani with the first overall pick? Is that legal? Should ask the question. Yeah, it's a, great, mean, it's a great, it's a great turn question. Turn the card in. I don't right? think it's. I don't think can they trade their can. picks? Can they trade picks? Could they be like, we'll give someone? I, I mean, I'm obviously not. Tony's a free agent, but like, right? Is that a thing in baseball, or is it not? So. I don't even know. I have no idea. It's, it, trading picks makes it a better sport. If Agreed. Really believe that. Agreed. Because the yeah, yeah what the Guardians can. need to do is trade down like six t- six times to save money because they're you know, like whoever they draft, they can't resign. That's if if it, if the if the pick hits. You have drafted the right to have the player on your active roster for what four years before the trade rumors start. Yeah, it depends, right? You got to get the you got to get to the the six year window or whatever. But but it does get to like when are they actually competent enough to be right. good enough? Yeah, I mean that's they start the thing. clock that's, and then I think yeah. that's the thing about Guardians fandom that is is drove some of us crazy is we feel like and I get arguments people really come after me when I say it, but they're essentially if they if they find that guy that unbelievable talent, they're essentially a farm team for the other organizations, which is a massive bummer. All right, let's get back to the stuff. Everything positive in your life, guys, let's, let's just boil it. It's Cleveland Browns, right? Yep. Everything positive that you guys find (laughs) is going to be in the Cleveland Browns. And boy, do we get some good news today though, guys, we got Denzel Ward out of the nowhere practicing. We answered our mailbag question that we had heard next to nothing about Denzel Ward. All of a sudden he's good to go. Thumbs up out there practicing. Apparently he's going to go. That's great news considering what we saw from the Rams, just an onslaught of picking on the two corners that have replaced him. And obviously we know Denver picked on uh, Greg Newsom when he was trying to do the things that Denzel Ward does exceptionally. And then I didn't think I'd be saying this guys, but Cam Mitchell coming off IR, a chance to be activated. Also a big deal because he is least from the sample size that we've seen this year, one of their more confident players in the slot that if they did have to bump Newsom out they felt like they could do that so those guys being back here is encouraging news in a week where we know the Jaguars are 
dealing with their own set of issues, right? So, uh, and that's true. And I want to update everybody in case you didn't know, Trevor Lawrence did not practice today. It just feels irresponsible of them to have him out there on Sunday, A, against the Browns defense at home, B, off of a short week with that ankle. So I, I just don't see that working out that way. It could happen because Trevor's an exceptional athlete and the body can heal and all of that. And, and it does a little better for people in the physical shape that guys like Trevor are, but it is uh, feeling less likely is how I'll put it. And then also Marquise Goodwin back out there as well, uh, practicing. He's been dealing with a concussion that has been lingering a little bit as well. So he is back out practicing. We do know that Dorian Thompson Robinson is not out of protocol yet. He practiced, but he's not out of protocol. And what we've learned as we record this late in the evening is that According to Mary Kay Cabot of Cleveland.com, it appears Joe Flacco is set to start this weekend. And I just want an immediate reaction to that. If you like it, some people think it's outlandish to even consider DTR a guy who could play considering. I mean, I've, I will say this, Andrew. I know we, we sort of mentioned it yesterday, man. I think this is the most in love I've seen a fan base with a quarterback who made a crippling mistake in a key moment of a game ever. Like they, people love Joe Flacco. They, they really, they really love it. And maybe that speaks to what we've witnessed from a lot of the quarterback play this year, but they really want to see some more Joe. I, you know, I think there's something to that stat that went around. I think Jake Trotter had it of the, the number of air yards, 10 plus air yard attempts that Mm -hmm. uh, Flacco had is the most in five years, something like that. Um, I, I think there's been like a long term from Mayfield through you know, the last two years of quarterback carousel, sort of a long-term fatigue with quarterbacks that only throw the ball short of the sticks or thereabouts, right? And then occasionally the ball gets downfield and it feels like a revelation every time it happens. Um, you know, and then you watch other games, you put on other teams and you see Dak Prescott just lighting people up and, you know, Josh Allen doing what he does. And obviously there's Mahomes and it just feels like for the Browns often there's kind of a an invisible wall, you know, like 10, 15 yards downfield. And uh, Flacco disregarded the invisible wall. And I think, I mean, you mentioned it, the worst pass of the day was also a deep pass. But for the most part, I think it was kind of fun and freeing to see somebody back there with a little bit of, you know, don't give a shit, you know, and and just kind of throwing it. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't fully understand it. I think part of it is that people are scared of the rookie. You know, the inexperience, I think, scares people. The turnover dimension, even though Flacco obviously, you know, really cost him with that interception. But I, I think there's a there's a, a either a myth or a, a belief in the idea of like the steady hand. And so I think that's I think that's what they're banking on, what people are hoping for. It's ironic. Both of these guys, I think, deserve to start their next game. I mean, DTR's injury has forced him out. I thought he, uh, I mean, he could have, things could have fallen apart at the end of that Denver game, but I thought he deserved to continue to play. And then I think Flacco at least earned the right to start another game as well with how he played. Like I said, despite the the late game issue there, um, it, it, it certainly felt to me like he had a pretty good feel for what he was supposed to be doing, where the ball was supposed to be going, even though Jordan, you made something I saw live and I should have referenced it, but I didn't. And and then you astutely pointed out this week that he's kind of like at the line of scrimmage under center, getting his hand out. Oh, I'm going to check the wristband real quick. Which direction am I opening to hand this football off? So there's still some learning on the fly here. And maybe that's a reason for some excitement that another week of game prep can put him in an even better place. 
to navigate this thing. But I certainly think he deserves another chance to go at it. What do you think? Yeah, it's funny. I think Harrison Bryant is literally in motion and Joe Flacco is still looking down at his, uh, at his wrist. Um, I will say the Flacco experience in person uh, was, um, you know, really a lifetime dream of mine. Really just had always waited to see Joe Flacco play in a Browns jersey in an opposing stadium. So Yeah, you weren't planning yes. on going to that game, right, until they, they announced Flacco was the starter. Yeah, yeah, and you were yeah, like, yeah. let me see what I can I do like, on this how secondary much money here. Can I spend, how yeah. much money can I spend yeah. on this game? What's the max amount? Um, I feel like Joe, the field. Joe is aging <laughs> yeah. really well. I'm just yeah. going to say that. I, I feel like it some looks... people don't age well. I was going to say Joe's aging pretty well. His pregame, we didn't do a fit check because I'm not really in the mood after losses. Sorry, folks. <laughs> I don't really like doing fit checks after losses. But he rolled in in the most dad outfit, just like a little quarter zip fleece sweater, man, and like jeans. And I'm like, this dude is uh, still got it. Still got it. Between him and Stefanski with the beard and the hair, man, they're, you know, it's a couple of, that's a good looking head coach quarterback combo. So um, I get that. I, yeah, I think it's funny to, to you guys' point about Flacco and how much the fan base seems to just like love him after that game. I, I do think, you know, there is, he threw some balls, especially early on when they were in some third and long um, uh, situations in the first quarter where he was just ripping it, some tight window throws and, you know, we're so used to if the Browns are in third and 10 plus with DTR or PJ Walker, you're just like, no, they're punting, you know, like that. They're not getting the ball past the sticks. They're not going to have time. And with Flacco, especially after those first couple of throws, you're like, oh, this dude could still rip it. Like he's seeing it and he's ripping it. Um, it wasn't yeah, an ounce of panic either. I think no. that's the thing is like, you're, you're making a good point here. And even this happens with Watson at times this year where, they hit the top of the drop, and if the first thing their eyes are set on, they're not finding it. There's a chaos movement happening there. Now, I want to reiterate something we've also talked about. This week. The Rams are not particularly good up front outside of one player. This week, Trevon Walker and Josh Allen, who are playing really well, might create a bit more chaos for Flacco than we saw last week. I actually thought the Browns protected relatively well, but I think that the the, the lack of panic – and you're right, Jordan, you want to win over the, the fans of Cleveland, the hearts, convert some third and longs because that that's something we don't get to see very often, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. And just to just to finish that thought, I think, though, it is funny because his desire to sort of just like, I want to throw it downfield, um, not only led to the interception, but I mean, you know, you go back and watch you watch the film a little bit and. I mean, there's some misses, both just vision-wise and some stuff underneath that he could have taken and instead either, you know, throws throws it where it looks like he's just kind of throwing it away or it's just an inaccurate ball down the sideline. He's just trying to go deep to a guy. So, I mean, there were definitely some misses, and I he kind of slowed down a little bit in, in the second half. And um, so I think it, it's funny because, to me, it's not like he played – all that much better than DTR the week previously. I thought DTR probably made, we've talked about this on the pod, probably made some of his best throws in that game against the Broncos. Mm-hmm. So it is funny to see sort of the reaction to it. Um, but I think, like you said, they both probably deserve to start. I think they're probably going to give it to, you know, between the reporting and just vibes, I think they're going to give it to to Flacco. And shout out to Andrew, you called this a couple weeks ago where you were like, I think we're going to see Flacco sooner than later. Now an injury probably opened that door, but um, if if Stefanski, I think, knew this is what Flacco might look like after six, five, six days of practice, he probably 
you know, would have been like, let's just start him because he's a veteran. He probably trusts him a little bit more. So uh, we'll yeah. see. But I have a fee- I have a feeling that they'll name him the starter later in the week. They'll try to play some games to to make the Jaguars wonder. But I think it'll it'll probably be Flacco again. Yeah, I I think probably in retrospect we should have been more like aware that this is where this was headed, right? Because I just don't see Joe Flacco coming back. He was, he's, you know, functionally retired, talking about watching games every weekend, throwing routes to his brother, like looking for an opportunity. When those guys are looking for an opportunity, they are not looking to be the backup to a rookie quarterback, you know, on a team that's stumbling down the stretch. They are looking to come in and try and do something, prove something, right? And I think, I think that's where, where he kind of came from with this whole thing. And, it's the it's the confidence, and I think the thing that is the most appealing about him it's it's what you both have just said. It's the sense of calm, whether it's in the in a press conference or in the huddle or at the top of his drop. That is something that we haven't seen since Jacoby Brissett was under center last year. Brissett was really good at that as well, and I I think it, it it's easy to see a clear path from. From where they are now, if the defense can fix a few of its things and not be so susceptible to some really basic stuff, fix some of their tells, I guess I would say, and the offense can just get to, it's what we've been talking about all season, just get to a round average, figure out how to run the ball a little bit, Flacco can hit you a few you know, down the field, and you move the ball a little bit and get back to scoring like more like 20 points instead of 10 or 13 every week. And, you know, then you roll the dice in the playoffs. I think it's worth noting that we need to give him a proper nickname. Just me. I think I think we need to do that. Uh, I find myself wanting to say, you know, just like a little simple Joey football, right? You know, maybe, but there's probably a lot of scar tissue there with that nickname because of what we dealt with here in the past. So I'm going to take that one out of consideration and open the floor to you guys. I think, you know, Joe Cool is obviously Joe Montana. Could we make it Joey Cool? something like that i mean i'm again what what do you guys have sort of i gave you an assignment here like i'm very interested uh to hear what you guys you also got to watch stepping on burrow's feet right because burrow that's true i mean a lot he's of got joe a whole... quarterback you want your son to be a quarterback name him joe yeah. that's that's what you need to do something to think about certainly yeah right looks like jordan's sort of <sighs> jumping ahead of me moment. in line here yeah the gears are you know the gears have been churning mm-hmm. big mm-hmm. nickname guy um mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it's funny because there's a, uh, like, I just feel like he probably smokes a cigar in the evening. You know, the kids are down to bed before he signed with the Browns. Kids are down. He's he's throwing on a nice, um, maybe a PBS drama. I don't know what he's into, but uh, like Bridger, I don't know if he's watching Bridgerton or uh, Downton <laughs> Abbey, but um, so Joey Smokes feels like a good one mm. for me. If you do want to get a little weird with it, um, Flackalicious, sure, I'll throw that out there into the ether. And then finally, um, body stay you know, vicious. We all love the, yeah, that's what mm-hmm. I'm saying. And, you know, we all, of course, love the Aflac commercials. What about a, a Flacco? You know, is that, does that, I don't think that works at all, but I am going to. You got to do the to, voice. I've already said it. You're yeah. going to sell well, it? You got to do the voice. Mm, no, it's I couldn't. I don't think I. Okay, could I'm, do I'm the not voice. trying to put you on the spot. I'm just saying, if you want it to be the nickname, you have to do the voice. That's how. Yes, it works. for sure. Okay, all right. Give me a second. Let me get into the yep. here. Yeah, take your time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Aflaco. Is that it? How was that? <laughs> what would you rate that? What would you rate that out of ten? 
I high marks. Honestly, you nailed it, man. Like right. I didn't Appreciate think it, you I didn't think you could do it. No. All right, that's wow. it for me. That's my time on this podcast. I'm gonna step away. <laughs> I've you guys been, I've been rendered speechless. Oh man. So I was uh good. I was yeah. um oh, boy. reading a message that came through, so I didn't know what you were gonna say there, and then that's what you said. <laughs> All right, that's great. That is um those are tough to beat. That's I don't even know if we should go, but uh, um yeah. I've seen some ones in the past. Joey Gunslinger is an mm-hmm. interesting one. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I th- I th- I think you have it. The Joey Smokes feels pretty good, but uh what do you Andrew, did you come up with anything in the in the realm I mean, here? Yeah, or? no, we're we're all we're fighting for second place here, Jake. That's obvious, <laughs> but uh you know, I did notice when I was looking to see what his existing nicknames might be that his middle name is Vincent. So, what about just a classic Joey Vinny? Ooh, it's in, it's in play. Yeah, it's in play. Or you I know, like something it. with JV. I don't know if that works. Uh, that could be that could be a space that we. It's it's a little derogatory, but by the same token, it's friendly. You know, in a way. So, mm. I I, 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 I just think yeah. I think Everybody. Vincent or Vinny is a little bit more approachable than and 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 distinct for a guy from Jersey, right? Well, there was that there was that time where everybody was saying "bro" for Joe names, so it'd be like "bro Flacco." Sure, you know? that's not a bad. <laughs> sure. I like that. Remember, the, remember like those that. days? Yes. Like, what I up? Do. What up, Bro Ivato? Remember yep. that one? Yeah, mm-hmm. those were yeah. the days. Mm-hmm. I feel like that was back in like a decade ago when I was in college. Uh, a little more than that now. That's actually Bro Flacco is high up there for me right now. Bro Flacco is high on this list. What about like because he's got the. He's got the dad vibes, right? We've established this. He's he's coming in in a sort of a fleece. You know, he just looks very put together. What if we just, it's an unnickname and you just call him his full friggin' name, right? He's just Joseph Vincent Flacco. Yeah. So when he, when he makes a play, you're kind of yeah. stamping it. Yeah. And you're yeah. kind of just, you're, you don't refer to, you don't give him these, you know, sort of diminutive monikers. You give him like the full, you know, maybe he can be the third or the fourth or something like that. I don't know. Maybe he's the fourth quarterback this year. So you could be, Joseph Vincent Flacco the fourth. I did like when I saw <laughs> last week fourth, when, yeah. when somebody said we are so Flacco for back. I, I thought I thought no. Yeah. Or was it we are so backo or something mm-hmm. like that? Yeah. That was mm-hmm. pretty good. Flacco is um, backo. A lot of, it's it's a name to really to to toy around with. I would I would actually be a great question for him in terms of like what coaches have called him throughout his career and stuff like that. Yeah, no, so I want to know. I would say we uh shelf this until sunday <laughs> and then we see kind of what just ha- like in a big throw moment mm-hmm. we're gonna fire off a tweet something's gonna happen it's gonna happen where we mm-hmm. do mm-hmm. i'm gonna cut that voice audio of jordan so we have it to play <laughs> yeah. Yeah. at any uh, moment um yeah. but yeah we'll ha- we'll just yeah. we'll know it when we see it it's well, gonna, the, now the, that we've been alerting everyone i want to know what you guys think who are listening yeah. to yeah you have up. a better flacco he, maybe, maybe there's something out there that we know uh maybe stavros has given him a, a nickname over the years um that i'm not thinking about off the top of my head if we do find out from flacco what his nicknames were it feels to me like if there's any coach in the in the league that would call joe flacco a flacco it's nathaniel hackett no offense jordan but i think it's nathaniel hackett i think you're i think you're probably right i think he would love to call him that i think he really this is his favorite movie is goldfinger right so like that's the space yeah yeah there it is all right there we go all right we really accomplished something with the opening of this (laughs) podcast we're going to take a break and then we will be right back after a word from our sponsors we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful, guys. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and concerts near you. You can find them last minute with killer deals, and their best price guarantee helps you stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun you've had. So why would you go game time? They have flash deals, last minute tickets. They're easy to find. Buy tickets for every kind of event in your area, specifically those Cleveland Browns. You get great images of the seats view which is awesome when you're trying to figure out how the stadium is going to look when you're trying to find that right ticket for the right price. And they have that low price guarantee and event cancellation protection, job loss protection, all of the stuff to help you protect your money, right? It's the fastest growing ticket app for a reason in the country. You get images of your seats, like I said, before you buy them. You buy tickets in a matter of seconds, and they're sent directly to your phone. All right, so you never have to go digging through your email to find something last second. It is always there. You can put them in your wallet app and make sure to have them up and ready to go. It's important to know you can download that Game Time app, which makes it extremely easy, very intuitive, very fast way to buy those tickets. Create an account and use the promo code OBR for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Again, terms apply. Again, create that account, redeem the code OBR for $20 off. You can do so at GameTime.co. It is not .com, it is GameTime.co. But I would suggest downloading that app, taking advantage of the $20 off coupon, using the promo code OBR. Download GameTime today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, coming out of the break, we are just going to kind of switch it up. We're, we're going to move off of current Browns Jaguars. We're going to get into that different podcasts throughout the end of the week. We wanted to do an exercise in looking at where the Browns are compared to some of their AFC peers. So we are playing a game of would you rather, right? This idea stems from Andrew. So I will let Andrew explain some of the nuance of the idea, but um, generally it's comparing the Browns to the other teams in the AFC. And would you rather be the Browns or this other team? But there are some details to this, Andrew, give us those details before we start answering these questions. Yeah, I think the Genesis was a conversation that happened in our the OBR Slack a few weeks ago about the Chargers because they've got Justin Herbert, who I think we all think is a really good quarterback, but they've also got Brandon Staley, who is a sort of known idiot, right? So how do you balance out those two? One's an asset, the other one's a liability. They're going to have to fire Staley and replace him. There's a chance they hit the lottery, find a guy that works really well with Justin Herbert. Maybe they can get Ben Johnson and Johnson's as good as he looks in Detroit, you know, they go from strength to strength, and all of a sudden they're right there with the Chiefs at the top of the AFC. There's also a chance, you know, they make a terrible decision, hire somebody, a retread, maybe they go for Jim Schwartz, who knows what happens, right? And it ends up with the same thing. Herbert is wasted, or maybe Herbert, it turns out, isn't as good as we all think he is, and he's really good at making 
incredibly difficult throws, but can't be consistent enough long-term. I don't know. I'm saying it's hard to judge, right? But if you think about where the Chargers are, and then you think about where the Browns are, there's unique liabilities and assets both ways, and you try and weigh those. And the, the, the genesis of this is that we as Browns fans know that we are fairly uniquely saddled with a quarterback who we can't get rid of, but also don't really want or you know, at, at a minimum is not as good as the player that they paid, right? So they would not have given him this contract based on what he has done through his first two seasons here. Fair. So to me, the window for this is three years because that's how much longer Deshaun Watson is under contract. That's how long we have to kind of think through, would we rather be the Browns or the Chargers or the Chiefs or the, you know, so it's every team in the AFC. We're just looking at the AFC. Yeah, we decided to eliminate a few on the obvious spectrum, both on the high end and the low end. We can only come up with the Chiefs for the high end. That we just, you just, Patrick Mahomes is in his own island where you just would always take the team that he is on. So I hope that doesn't offend anybody. I know the Chiefs are not without fault this year. We get it. But I think logically speaking here, you would always take the team Patrick Mahomes is on for the next decade, right? Um, two teams at the bottom we eliminated just by virtue of like, it seems pretty obvious to us, the Raiders coaching change, looming an ownership that is just completely lost a lack of an answer at quarterback overpaid running back older Devonte Adams. Not really sure what the draw outside of just being in Vegas is for the Raiders. And then the Patriots are just like in peril. Well, I don't really know. And it's crazy to think they're actually here, but it's like the Belichick era is close to ending. They have no, I mean, like who are the really redeemable? I need to have that player on my team. Parts of that group, like nothing, they have quality players, but nothing stands out. And as we know, they're lost at the quarterback position, but they are going to have a nice draft pick that they can work with here to get a quarterback of the future. I will ask you both. Do you object to either of those and want to make an argument that you would be either of those teams over the Browns? I I have no objection. I think even, uh, yeah, like Raiders, no question. Um, Chiefs, no question. I think uh, the draft pick thing with the, the Patriots is fair, but I think moving on from a coach who has been that entrenched in an organization and has that much history with an organization is going to be such a, that shadow is going to be so large that I just would want, even if they hire somebody good and they do fire him, whatever the hypotheticals, that shadow is going to be so large that I'm just not sure I'd, I'd want to see what's coming next. So I'm, I'm good on both on, or all three of those teams. I should say. It's kind of felt like Gerard Mayo was the guy in line. I don't know if that'll yeah. come to fruition, but uh, yeah, the Patriots are not in a very enviable spot right now. We'll leave it at that. Okay. So what we'll do is we'll work down from the top. You get a couple sentences on each team. I know it's hard for us. We all like to talk, but there are quite a few teams to work through here. So we'll, like I said, go from the rankings at the top down to the bottom. So we'll start at the Dolphins. I'll go to you first, Andrew. Would you swap out the next three years with the Dolphins or would you stay the Browns? Yeah, the big question here is Tua, right? It's the quarterback Mm -hmm. because head coach-wise, McDaniel's still relatively unproven, didn't have much playoff success last year, but that was – Part of, part of being faced with the quarterback thing. I think Chris Greer has done a really nice job with the talent that they've put together. And I think McDaniel is one of the, I would say, top three play call. I, I'd put him in the top three play callers in the NFL. Easily right now, yeah. So it, 
you you take those two things plus the talent that they have on the roster that you know is going to be pretty playable for the next few years and you you figure whether it's Tua or they have to go a different direction at quarterback either way you're probably going to be all right so I would the only I, I'll just say one thing about the reservations it's the owner right because he's a, he's another weird one and <laughs> the, cost him a draft pick he's been meddling right yeah he's been right. all over the place so but I think overall I would I would I would rather yeah have their situation than the Brown situation for the next three years Jordan agree disagree agree um I think even if like Tua was not the quarterback I think you know I think Tua in that offense is perfect for what they want to do but even without him like you said to your point I think McDaniel is on sort of that Shanahan level where you could really parachute in a lot of average guys and that offense would still go especially if you still have Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell and um, those running backs that they've got like it just seems like such a fine-tuned machine at this point that yeah, you, you just drop somebody in there and you go. So I, it would be hard for me to say no there. So big agree. Yeah, two is in the one spot that two should be in. And I, I would not hesitate to take the Dolphins situation. Like that wouldn't even be a moment's worth of hesitation. Um, next is the Ravens who are tied with the Dolphins in the standings. Uh, Ravens, will go to you, Andrew. Go ahead. This is a tough one just because I find the Ravens so objectionable as a franchise, as an idea. The fact that they exist is an insult to me as a Browns fan. So it's yeah. hard. I couldn't, I can never cheer for those uniforms, right? Jerry Seinfeld classically 30 years ago, whatever, has a great bit about how essentially you're cheering for laundry. That particular piece of laundry I could never root for. But if you swapped it all and you, your head coach is John Harbaugh and Lamar Jackson's your star quarterback and he just signed a big extension and it, it's you're talking about the Browns, I'm all in. I'm so excited. So yeah, I would make that switch. Jordan? I would make the switch, but I will say that if Lamar Jackson was not there, it, it would probably be a no for me. I think they've really uh, – Harbaugh's a great coach, been there a really long time, but I think they've really struggled to sort of develop that team around Lamar and have gone through a couple iterations of that offense now. And we'll see, but I think Lamar really – I would take Lamar over a lot of guys uh, in terms of future. You know, he he's obviously had some injuries, but – you know, if you take all that away, uh, Lamar makes it pretty hard to say no. So I'll go with a, I'll go with a yes, mostly because of Lamar. You'll find with my answers, I lean to the quarterback. Like that's just so important on on the scale of the next three years. And yeah, I mean, Lamar's just he's better. He's better. I'm sorry, you're going to probably have some people who try to argue that fact uh, with, with Watson's healthy games this year and stuff. But I trust Lamar more. I trust what they're doing directionally more. And their high-end defensive talent is better than the than, in, in, in a lot of key places than the Browns, right? Miles is obviously better, but um, there's just uh, there's a lot of pieces, and they draft well too. So, yeah, I would I would take the Ravens situation. Uh, it's not as obvious to me as the Dolphins, but I would I would take their situation. Um, okay, next is the Jags. So these start to become less obvious, right? Jags are eight and four. I'll go to you first on this one, Andrew. You can, uh, sorry, Jordan, I'll go to you because I've gone to you, Andrew, twice. So um, would you take the Jags, which, again, I'm trying to think of, like, some of the, the downsides of where they're at. Um, I'm not even going to preface it. Just would you would you swap them out? So I'll, 
I'll say yes. And I think like you, Jake, I think it's, it's almost entirely because of the quarterback situation. I think you have, you know, that a, you have a starter for the foreseeable future and B, you know, he still struggles in areas, but I think most people can see the talent that Trevor Lawrence possesses. And, you know, year two with a competent coach has been a big help for him. Now their weapons, I think are a little, you know, Calvin Ridley's very hot and cold. I thought that was a huge addition in the off season and it's been really up and down there. And obviously they just lost Christian Kirk for the year, but he'll be back. So they're, the, the skill positions are maybe not quite um, what the Browns have. I think the defense outside of Josh, Josh Allen, they don't, get after the passer terribly well. Um, but I just think like we've seen it now without a, without knowing who your quarterback is, it's really, really hard to win in this league. And I, I think Trevor is going to be good for a long time. So it, it's really close with this one, but I think Trevor um, shifts the scales uh, in his favor. So it's a, it is a, it's a yes, but it's a, it's really close. Andrew. Yeah. This is the first one. that's like kind of closer to a coin flip because you can make a very clear argument of how the Browns can surpass the Jaguars, I think. And I think you can also make a clear argument the other way, depending on how things shake out, but it's, it's close. And part of my hesitation is that I think the, the coaching staff feels fine either way, you know, similar, really, honestly, in some ways, the front office situation in Jacksonville is a Big old fat question mark. Trent Balky is a weirdo, you know. And we learned tonight that there's an employee embezzling $22 million from the organization. Yeah, exactly. So there's some question marks. And again, ownership is a big issue. Plus, there's a chance that that team moves, right? So there's some stuff with them that is very unrelated to the product on the field that is Brownsian in a way that the Browns haven't been as much in the past few years. So it would feel like a step in the wrong direction. I could see a, a power struggle emerging with Balky and Doug Peterson with some sort of weird outcome that changes the trajectory. As Jordan said, with Trevor Lawrence, you're always going to be a pretty good position. But if I had to pick a team in the AFC that is poised to waste a young quarterback, they would be my choice. So I'll take the I'll take the Browns. Yeah. yeah. You're taking the Browns. Oh, okay. Um I'm going to take the Jags. I just I I like some of the pieces more. Um I trust Trevor more into the future. I think Doug's pretty good at it too. So I'm going to echo a lot of what Jordan's saying, but I understand. You guys are very right about the gap is tight. It's very tight. May I ask a quick question without uh, fully derailing this pod. Um does the pool You want to do more Flacco nicknames, are you thinking? I no, I'm done. I don't. Okay. Uh, I don't even know what you're talking. Well, about. Maybe you had a no different read on Aflaco that, that you wanted to try. Um, mm-hmm. No. <laughs> yeah. But can I read this a different way? Do you guys want another take? <laughs> Bring um, a little more pathos to the, it. Does the pool uh, influence you guys in any way in the stadium? And then my question is: so they just played on Monday Night Football for the first time, like they hadn't been in Jacksonville in like 20 years, and they were showing the pool, and there's like only four people in it but those four people are like in bathing suits they've got drinks they're hanging out i have a lot of questions about do you have to buy a ticket to be in the pool who gets to go in the pool like 
deep. I just like not that many people were in it, but the people that were in it were like full on. Like we brought our swimming gear. We're yeah. here for the pool. I got a lot of questions, so, so I, I don't used... want to derail this whole thing. But no, I'm that's just curious. I used to really wonder about questions. the Diamondbacks had the same thing out in their yeah. outfield. I used to wonder how do you yeah. get tickets for that? Right? Is it the Diamondbacks or is it another team? Was it? it was no, it's the Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks. They still have it. Like how do you? Yeah, how do you come across tickets for that? Well, and are you bringing your suit in a bag and then changing? Yeah. Is there like a locker room? That's a great question. These are all. Are you like coming to the, We got to get to the bottom of this. You're you coming know? to the game in in civilian clothes, and you're like, "All right, end of first quarter. I'm going to put the suit on. Yeah. I'm going to do a few laps, get a drink. We'll, you know, we'll kind of settle in." Yeah, we need yeah. to do research. We don't have the answer for you guys right now, but this place we might have to uh, just go. Yeah, we deliver. We'll, we'll deliver we that answer. Just go. We should do our podcast live in Jackson. You want to do it on site? Obviously, not this, not this week because no. they're in Cleveland. But when they get back there, let's go. Yeah. I'm going to ask the guys on uh, down by the bank. I'm going to get with those. Uh, there's a blue wire pot yeah. out there. These guys know yeah. this, uh, know that information. I will have an answer for you by the end of the week, folks. Next is the Steelers who sit at seven and five, like the Browns. I'll lead off this one. I'm not doing it. I think they're in a weird place. I told Andrew the other day, I, I think that there's a chance and I don't think Pittsburgh people are crazy that as this season you know, Mitch Trubisky and Mason Rudolph are the guys that are going to be doing this for the rest of the year for them, it looks like. The things go really poorly for them through the end of the year. And I do think that there's a level of 9-8. and eight. And although there's great stuff about Mike Tomlin, I love Mike Tomlin. Leading my organization, I'd be more than happy to have it. Pittsburgh people are starting to get antsy. They want more, more, more because they've had it for a long time. And they haven't had it forever now. What was it, 2009 they won a Super Bowl? Tomlin hasn't won a playoff game since 2017. I think they're very close to firing him. They also have played well enough that they have no quarterback answer in the upcoming draft without it being a guy, the fourth or fifth or sixth guy. And Deontay Johnson seems like it's not going to be a long-term deal there. I just don't trust that roster, the lack of quarterback answer. Now, they could find it, but I'm saying the path to it is not great. And I am genuinely curious about the coaching decisions coming for that place. Cause you think it's, I, I don't think it's as crazy a, a mutual parting of ways they're happening over the next three years. I really don't. So I actually trust what the Browns are doing more than I do the Steelers. And I could get laughed off a lot by a lot of Pittsburgh people, but I, I think they're in the middle of a real crossroads here. The picket thing has them spinning, spinning right now. So that's my answer. I'm sticking with Cleveland over Pittsburgh. Go to Andrew. It's this is another coin flip. I think I I understand all the points that you just made, Jake, about the jeopardy that they're in with Tomlin. I think it's hard to believe that he's going to kind of come up with a rabbit out of the hat at offensive coordinator. It's been a little bit of a weakness for him over his entire tenure there. I mean, he didn't have to worry about it a ton with Roethlisberger because you kind of had the OC at quarterback, but it. Roethlisberger retiring has really exposed that piece of it. And I think the front office stability is good, but I also think there's a limitation to the way that they acquire talent just because they, they're they very draft heavy. They keep hitting, obviously. Keanu Benton is the new example, right? That guy's going to be a terror for 12 years or whatever. But I it, it does feel like they're... I think you could make the case that they're maybe a little old fashioned and in some ways can be taken advantage of. And I think that raises their floor 
because of the culture and might also lower their ceiling. So having said all of that, I think it's hard to to walk away from the consistency that they've delivered. Over the next three years, though, I think the Browns have a legitimate chance if the quarterback situation gets figured out to to make a run at a championship. And I don't see a scenario where the Steelers are able to make a run at a championship over the next three years. So it's very close to me. It's hard to walk away from – I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are in a, many ways a model franchise, but I would go with the Browns. Jordan? I think it's a pretty easy no for me, and I think it is a, a lot of Jake. What you said, I think, is spot on. They've just had, you know, since the transition from Roethlisberger, they've just made some really odd decisions. I think, like, not the Najee Harris draft selection, who now is has you know being outplayed by Jalen Warren, and fans want to see you know Jalen Warren take all of the carries. I think the Kenny Pickett evaluation. It is fairly unbelievable to me that they went into the season with Matt Canada still as their offensive coordinator. And um, and then to Jake's point, like they, I think they leaned on, well, our defense is really good. We won't need to score a ton. But then that leaves them sort of in this no man's land where now they're, they're not bad enough to, yeah, have a high draft pick, but they're not good enough to either A, make the playoffs, or if they do, they're going to get smoked in the first round. So it's... I think Tomlin, if it's not all his fault, a lot of it kind of falls under his purview. Um, and, and I fully understand the sort of antsiness going on over there because I think, you know, they came crashing back down to earth after one one week of, oh, my God, they had over 400 yards in offense. Did you see it? That's all we needed to do. And so, like, I just – so, anyway, I, I think it's pretty easy because the quarterback situation is way up in the air and they don't have the draft picks to sort of make a splash there. The offense outside of Pickens, who they barely get the ball to, it seems pretty shoulder shrug, and maybe Pat Fryermuth. Um, the defense is going to be the defense, and that's always going to be really solid. But I just think there's way too many question marks on the offensive side of the ball for me. So I think for me, it's a pretty easy no. Bi- bias aside, of course, I I love the Steelers <laughs> with all my heart. So bias bias aside, I will say too, like if Tomlin is guy they move on from, maybe not this off season, but the next, he's the defense. They have had years of not not very quality defenses before Tomlin was there. Like he is the the stigma with that side of the football. Now, to Andrew's point and your point, and I think we've all kind of echoed it here. Like they can't figure out the person to run their off. Even the Haley days were very questioned there about the direction and thought process and all of it. So yeah, I, it's a massive issue, and uh, and like. I also don't think it's crazy for there to be a desire from Steelers fans to want a better, take a risk on a better outcome. Now, the the thing you have to remember about taking a risk on a better outcome is that you're obviously always up against, it could be worse. You know, Tomlin doesn't have losing seasons. So it's a matter of, do you think Tomlin is just always going to be down the middle and you think you'd rather take that leap and that risk to, to chase a Super Bowl? right? Uh, that's, that's the interesting question coming for the Steelers in general. Next one is the Texans. Also at seven and five, the next two are very interesting guys tied to rookie quarterbacks and young head coaches with the Texans. You have D'Amico Ryan's offensive coordinator pairing. You have CJ Stroud doing things as a rookie quarterback. We have not seen borderline ever. He's, he's been that good. And you know, some pieces, some real grow growing pieces there. And then the Colts are tied to Shane Steichen and what Anthony Richardson could be down the line if he comes back the way he was playing this year. 
these two are heavily tied to the rookie quarterbacks. So it's just a matter of whether you believe in the, the person calling plays for them and the head coach and the rookie quarterback. So I'll go to you first on this one, Jordan. Yeah, I, this is probably my favorite, the favorite two, just because I think it's so interesting. Um, have been absolutely, as, as everybody has been, I'll start with the Texans. I think I think it's a, a yes for me on the Texans. C.J. Stroud, obviously, now look, there could be year two regression when, you know, teams play him differently than maybe they're playing him right now. Although there's, there's enough film on him out there that you would think if there were major adjustments to be made defensively, some of those would be being made and he's still playing. And the thing I can't get over with CJ is much like we talked about with Joe Flacco and the difference between them in terms of years played in the NFL is massive. It's like just how like CJ is so, so calm. That dude is so calm, not only on the field, his press conferences after the game, like the way he carries himself. I think that matters a lot when you're a rookie to look like that already. Um, you know, the tank Dell injury sucks <laughs> that, and it didn't even happen on a play he was really involved in. And that's such a bummer, but um, Nico Collins, like, I think the sign of a great quarterback is when someone out of nowhere, like Nico Collins sort of just blossoms. He almost had 200 yards receiving last week, you know, like, and not saying he's a bad receiver by any means, but a guy that just takes that kind of leap, you know, the, the quarterback play is such a huge part of that and getting him the ball in spots where he didn't get the ball previously. Um, their running back situation is a little, you know, Singletary and, and Damon Pierce, you know, haven't really had great years. Either one of them, they don't run the ball very well, but I think, and I like Danico Ryan's a lot too. Um, that, that was the other thing. I thought that was like a, a huge hire by them um, after his time in San Francisco and what he did there. So I'm, I'm yes on the Texans. Colts is harder for me. I'll, I'll just kind of quickly go through this. I think because like to your point, Jake, Anthony, Anthony Richard and Richardson, excuse me, is still an unknown. I like him. I think he's going to be good. I think he showed some flashes. Um, but as you can see, he um, had some difficulty protecting himself. He had multiple kind of injuries in his short sort of stint early on. Um, the coach, um, I think, is is a big part of it. But I think I would say a slight no on the Colts just because, one, I don't know what Anthony Richardson is. I think the coaching is really, really good. Um, but I don't know about sort of the skill positions outside of the quarterback as well. So I'm, I'm going to say no on Colts and yes on Texans, but both of those are kind of, those are close both ways. Andrew. Yeah, it's close. Jordan's absolutely right. I am going to say yes to both because for the Texans, it's the quarterback and it's not that I dislike the head coach or anything like that. My only reservation with the Texans really is the front office. Do you trust Nick Casario to figure out how to put pieces around these guys? And then the offensive coordinator is the play caller. D'Amico Ryans would have to hire another play caller. If Bobby Slowick, he might even be getting interviews this offseason. So now you're putting a second-year quarterback with a different offensive coordinator. How much does that continuity stuff? Having said all of that, C.J. Stroud is already a top 10 quarterback in the league. It's nuts what he's doing. So I, I want to watch that every week for the next three years, much more than I want to watch what's happening in Cleveland for the next three years. It's really as simple as that. For the Colts, it's Shane Steichen. It's not, I, I like Anthony Richardson too. Jake and I have talked about this since April or May. We We were doing mock drafts and we did one where we talked about what if the Browns hadn't, done the Watson trade and, you know, try to figure out a way to get Anthony Richardson, Richardson on your team. So I'm a believer in Richardson, but I'm even more of a believer in Shane Steichen. So 
I don't like Chris Ballard again. But both of these are bets on the quarterback and the head coach being unique enough that you can really go places. And it's just more fun to watch. I mean, part of this is about thinking about just what the week-to-week experience as a fan is, right? And I think part of what motivated for me is these two teams precisely because it really pisses me off that Texans fans got all of the fun Deshaun Watson years and had like two years of Davis Mills being mediocre to bad and then just hop in a brand new Maserati and peel off into the sunset. It's like, what? How is that? You know, plus three first round draft picks for their trouble. And that's the organization that uh, enabled all of the, the bad behavior that got Watson suspended. It's a whole other conversation, Jake, but it is a little, it, it's a little frustrating is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. It's more than a little frustrating to sit back and watch that. You, you know, putting it the way you did there um, is some perspective that people haven't thought about, about, you know, how frustrating it is that the Texans get to see the best of both worlds there. And despite being a part of the problem, I think we could all agree about that. Uh, I think everyone listens to this pod knows how in love I am with Shane Steichen. I, it's it's interesting. Both of these teams have very specific faults, right? I think the defense of the Colts is a mess. It's it's like they're like especially their secondary. You got to rebuild that. You got to figure out long term answers there. They're they've gone under some linebacker changes. They've had another. They got another player suspended today. They've had like three players, four players, if you include the gambling and now another PD suspension, they're dealing with like some really weird stuff going on there. But the draw to what Steichen can do with Minshew, the the just little dash of taste of what we got with Richardson, it's a sustainable offensive formula. It's going to work. I know that. I'm sitting in Cleveland looking at it and saying, I don't see a sustainable offense the way they're going right now. So I think the Colts are a yes for me, largely because of the the coordinator. Um, but I'm also just thinking that this guy can make it work with almost any quarterback and you give him the tools of Richardson and you got something really special, potentially. The Texans, you made a great point, Andrew. The, the offensive coordinators in flux always, that's the, the drawback of a defensive guy. So I don't love that angle. And I certainly think there are holes on the Texans roster, but they have more picks this year to figure out more of the holes, get those fixed and sign some guys. And you got, and the two things are not, none of us have said the rookie contracts. Like they're they're not paying these quarterbacks anything, so they can build around them for four more years Great of the point. three years we're talking about, and that's a special situation to be in. So I would take both of those. Now, um, we'll do the Broncos. I can't imagine either of us would take the Broncos. Are you, are, are we? Are, are any of us into that? You speak your piece now. I, I just Russ is old. I like Sean Payton, but Russ is old. The defense is. You know, I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't feel, I don't feel like I would take the Broncos. Would you guys? Not for the next three years. Yeah. Long term, maybe because of the obscenely wealthy ownership, but for the next three years, I don't, I don't see the path. Jordan, do you? Yeah, I agree. No, I, I'll take Cortland Sutton if they want to just give him. Yeah. But that'd be fine. We could, we could work like, that out we, for everybody. Can the Browns have Cortland Sutton? I don't know. Is that. Yeah, did they even or, ask that? That's a great question, Jordan. Did they even did just they, ask they if there, they could have him? They were there and they didn't yeah. ask. That's like they, they want to criticize Stefanski. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's right. where you got to criticize. Walk them. across the sideline and just ask for their best receiver. <laughs> just do it. Yeah. I don't understand. Make them say um, no. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's on a serious note. Yeah, it's an, it, it would be a no. All right. There are two at the bottom. 
I don't think either of us would take Jets and Titans. There is some draw to the question because the Titans have Will Levis, who's showing some spunk. He's decent. He's had moments. Um, you know, they feel pretty good about him. They are building a new stadium. They they do have Vrabel, but there are a lot of pieces of that roster that need fixed up, like in a big way. And the Jets are sort of stuck with another year of Aaron Rodgers coming off of Achilles injury. You got to really love Aaron Rodgers and then have trust that they're going to fix the quarterback right after him another year from now. And that's like dicey <laughs> to say the least. I know that me personally, I'm not taking either the Jets or Titans, but I did want to mention them in this, uh, in this, because there are pieces of those rosters that are fine. Would either of you guys take those teams? No, I, I wouldn't. I, I mean, having to put up with Aaron Rodgers as the starting quarterback or doing whatever he's doing, it's more performance art than starting quarterbacking. Um, that alone makes the Jets a no for me. Plus, but Joe Douglas is just an absolute laugh riot. Uh, the Titans, I really like Mike Rabel. I really like Mike Rabel, but it does kind of feel like there's a ceiling on his offenses in a sort of Tomlinish kind of way where well said. it's, I, you know, he can't get away from who he is as a defensive coordinator to let an offense really be an offense, I think. You know, it is ironic who the offensive coordinator there is, right? considering Ryan was, was with Deshaun during his best years. But um, if if they made a change there, I I was in favor of him coming here last year. Yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, as far as getting the most out of Deshaun, we haven't really seen them take that route. Maybe they should, con- maybe you should consider it. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe. Eh, never mind. Uh, Jordan, any objection to passing on those two teams? No, no objection. All, right. All I'll say is I, I, I think Will Levis is intriguing, but not enough. Uh, the only thing I'll say about the Jets is, was there anything more predictable than Aaron Rodgers doing this whole, I'm going to come back, I'm going to change the medical world as we know it. And then he's like, well, actually, we're not in playoff contention, and I, so it'd be silly. And, I mean, was there any more predictable? If this was a movie, I would have walked out because I yeah. would have already knew how it was going to end. So uh, good times with Aaron Rodgers, as always. I'm so conflicted because I love the player. I love, like I've never Absolutely. loved watching a quarterback play football more than Aaron Rodgers, and the off the field stuff has just aged like sour milk the past <laughs> five years. It sucks because again, when I and I have those conversations, like you know, Tom's got the best resume, but I've never seen a better guy on the field. I've never seen a better quarterback play. I've never seen one. So it is uh, always carrying a caveat now, un- unfortunately. Anyway, uh, these are the three that were favorites to do something meaningful in the AFC this year and also still have three of the best quarterbacks in the conference, but they are clearly dealing with some stuff surrounding them. The Bengals, the bills and the chargers will go one by one real quick. Would you swap places with the six and six Bengals over the next three years? Andrew is yes, but I'm grumpy about it. You know, I I don't want to, support Mike Brown's poverty franchise, but Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T Higgins, even if Higgins is gone after this year, I think they figure out a way with Burrow healthy year in, year out, you're going to be in the playoffs with a chance to do something special. That's the whole point of watching the NFL. So from that perspective alone, you got to do it, but It's it's tough with any division rival, I guess is is what I would say. It is. It sucks, but I think you nailed it, especially they're young on defense, but they have so many. The high end is so, so good. So good. Jordan, do you object? Are you uh, all in on the Browns over the Bengals? 
No, I don't object. It's too hard for me to say no to Burrow plus Chase plus even if it was just Chase and they lost Higgins and Tyler Boyd just kind of fades into obscurity. Like he's just he's already proven it. They've been to Super Bowl. Jamar Chase is unbelievable. Um, doing what he did with Jake Browning last week. Like it doesn't matter. <laughs> Jamar Chase is going to get his touches. He's going to do his thing. So um, no objection. All right, now we get to the Bills, which is a less certain situation than people want to talk about. I mean, a lot of people still love them, but there's like some buzz again about a defensive-minded coach in McDermott. Is that the best thing for Josh Allen and the future of that whole franchise? Because they're shipping in. This is the thing. You get the best out of Josh Allen. This is the example that goes back to Stroud. You get the best out of Josh Allen with Brian Dable, and then Dable gets hired. And then it's been... No, I mean, Josh is still special, but it's it's not been the same. And you're always fighting that with a defensive coach because it, 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 there's always been this way of offensive coaches getting these older defensive coordinators. But we haven't really seen, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong, I can't think of one off the top of my head probably because I'm, I'm blabbering about it, like the young defensive coach getting the old OC that is just going to be around in perpetuity for his guy. I don't. Is there an example out there I'm missing of that? It doesn't seem like that's a thing, guys. Am I right? Okay. Well, I thought I was. So, um, yeah, you're right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I, I, you're right, dude. It's not, you're so it's not right. a thing. So right. Yeah. So right. Totally right. Totally right. Um, mm-hmm. The Bills are are. Ju- I would take the Bengals over the Bills situation, um, but I also, you know, I know Stephon Diggs is getting older. The gap is tighter here than it is with the Bengals, but. I, Josh Allen's just a tier there below Mahomes in, in this whole operation. Man. He is a guy that's going to have you always around ball games. I think I would, I would swap, I would change places with the Bills. Are getting a new stadium? There's going to be some up and up there. Um, you know, not that that matters. I'm just talking about the vibes around the next three years. Like, I just think that they're, and if they do replace McDermott, they're going to obviously go after an offensive-minded coach. I think I would still swap with the Bills. What would you do, Andrew? Yep. Um, it's it's right along the lines of what you said. There's some drawbacks for sure, but you feel pretty good that they would have kind of their pick of the coaching, whoever the best available coach is, yep. to come in and, and be the next guy in charge of Josh Allen. The only other thing worth mentioning is their $29 million over the cap next year. So they're – their window is starting to close on this construction. So they're going to have to let some guys go. And some of the guys that are younger haven't come along the way that they wanted them to some of their high picks. Yeah. So there's Brandon Bean thing is fading off of like some of the decisions he's made. Yeah. So that's, yeah. Yeah. That, that is the other concern, but because of the quarterback, you figure they find a way to navigate it. There's enough talent on the roster besides the quarterback that the quarterback plus whatever is left once they get to where they need to be cap-wise, you still feel pretty good about that. Jordan? I'm going to be a contrarian um, for this one. Um, Whether I 150% believe this, I don't know. But it's not important. I I have some reasons. Here's my thing. I'll say no, and I'll say no because they just remind me of a team that has had – you know, they've sort of kind of scapegoated a coordinator already. So coordinator gets fired, Joe Brady comes in, but there really wasn't anything wrong with the offense. It's just mostly sort of how the games are going, their turnover luck, that type of thing. I think there was plenty written about 
about how the offense really wasn't broken in any way. They've just had horrible turnover luck. Um, you know, Stefan Diggs has, was kind of this guy in Minnesota where some years go by, they don't get to where they want to go. He starts making a little bit of noise to get out of there. You've got his brother sending tweets a couple of weeks ago about get my brother out of Buffalo type of thing. He's getting older. I think the question is like, you know, I, I would obviously take Josh Allen in a heartbeat. I think the question is, is this a team that one, the window is, is being propped open by a very small wooden stick as we all prop our windows with, um, is it a team that is tired of being around each other? Like to me, sometimes these teams that like they've kind of been through it and not gotten to where they want to go multiple years in a row now. And you just sometimes wonder like, is the coordinator thing one of the first sort of dominoes to fall where there's some stuff going on behind the scenes that maybe isn't great uh, because of the results. So to me, like the vibes for the next three years don't feel great. And I think the other question is then, to you guys' point, like, is this next iteration of the Bills, which is like James Cook and Dalton Kincaid, and uh, I mean, I don't really know receiver-wise after kind of Stefan Diggs where they go there. Um, I stopped drafting Gabe Davis in fantasy because he drives me insane. So, like, you know, I, I just wonder if where they're going has a high enough sort of ceiling where, yeah, they've got the quarterback situation figured out, and that's huge. But the vibes to me and sort of what the team looks like right now and where it's headed, I'm pretty – I'm not high on, I guess I'll say. So I'll this. say no this because is, of yeah. that. This is our I'll first choice. It's not about the quarterback, the head coach, the front office, yep. salary cap. It's This is vibes. This vibes. is it's, – it's all green. The lights are all green, but the vibes are bad. We can't have it. I love it. It's fantastic. And if you all could see the hoodie that Jordan is wearing while he's saying this, you would understand how vibes, how important vibes. The vibes are of this you. hoodie high. They're not. That's the right. They're the opposite. That's right. The it's the opposite. Yeah, yeah, the anti Buffalo there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Talk about vibes, Chargers. That's the interesting one. I listen. I'm a believer in the quarterback situation. I think you talked about the Bills would have the pick of their coach, Andrew. Yep. If they moved on from McDermott, this the same thing's going to be happening here with, totally. with uh, you know, with Herbert. I, I, I think he's special. I think that there needs to be a culture change around that organization. And I haven't believed in Staley from day one, despite some people thinking I was crazy. I am all, all of, I mean, I don't really have anything other than that to say they can replace Eckler over time running back situation. I think he'll make, uh, you know, most of the receivers will figure out a way to be good with him. You get some pushback. I mean, Bosa's not young, but he's not that old yet. I think that they've got some pieces in the secondary that you still really like. And it's, you're playing at SoFi, you're playing, they're, they're building a new practice facility. They're going to draw people to that place. Free agents are going to go there and they still have the draft capital. I, I just, I, I again, if the, if another team has a young, up and coming, or an established quarterback that is again on the younger side, I have a hard time right now seeing how that's not a better route to go than what the Browns are in. That that's where we're at. And um, you know, listen, I understand there are pieces of the Browns roster, several pieces, certainly like the coaching staff more than what the Chargers have. But we see coaching staffs get fired, replaced, and the next group comes in and immediately hits the ground running, and they're fine. It's overrated to me. It's overrated three-year sample. I get Justin Herbert. I get, I get some salary cap wiggle room. That's going to happen for them over time here. I get still Keenan Allen thriving, right? Like 
I'm good. I'll take that route. You might not like me for it, Browns fans, but I, that's the route I'm going. If I if I'm given that opportunity to 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 swap out, I just think that they're you know if Justin Herbert was a Cleveland Brown, you guys would be you know you'd own five different jerseys. So stop that that you, you remove the glasses on that. Just stop. So anyway, you you guys tell me if I'm an idiot. Uh, you I mean you're an idiot, but not not for this take. Um, this is a good take. Um, yeah, we can just, we'll just stitch all these together and that'll be the intro to the pod. Um, yeah, if fans like Joe Flacco throwing the ball down the field, wait till they see Justin Herbert. (laughs) So yeah, you're right. The Browns fans would, you'd have every, every colorway of a Justin Herbert Browns jersey. Um, yeah, the, I'll do a basketball analogy. The Chargers feel a little bit like, and maybe they're not quite this close but like when the Warriors went from Mark Jackson to Steve Kerr where it was like they've got really good offensive pieces they don't know how to play um so uh Justin Herbert I think I would just take over over a lot of other quarterbacks and yeah it reminds me of like the Warriors before they got Mark Jackson like they had a lot of pieces in place uh they were ready to they were ready to do damage they just didn't know how to like correctly use uh, that offense. So I, I can't. So anyway, and Andrew's laughing at something and he's shaking his screen. I can't, you know, it's tough. It's tough out here, but uh, that's what I'm, I would I'm do. Sorry, you get a new I'm sorry. Staff in there. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, do you, do you, I don't know if you're laughing at his chargers take Andrew, which would be totally unprofessional. No, I'm looking I'm at, no, no, I'm not, is. not at all. I'm not looking at, at your chargers take. Are we right or wrong on this? As we, uh, yeah, as no, we wrap this one up. I, you I agree. I agree. Okay. Give me Justin Herbert. I it's this it's the CJ Stroud conversation for me. Who do you yeah. want to watch every week? These guys are making highlight real throws every drive. I want to watch that. The whole the whole way that you torture yourself logically to get to a point of being somewhat morally okay with the Deshaun Watson trade is the idea that potentially you might get to enjoy watching football in a way that you haven't. And it's gross. And I, it's gross to admit, but that's the truth of it. And it hasn't happened. It has paid off. So if I could get that entire moral soup off of my plate and instead just have fun every week, giggling and laughing at throws that the quarterback makes, because it's like, how audacious, that's ridiculous. I, I would make that trade in a heartbeat. And you'll figure out the defense, you'll figure out the front office, whatever else you need to figure out, you'll figure it out because the quarterback is that good. And all of those quarterbacks too that we we've referenced here, these big three that are on these teams that are in a weird spot, they have contracts that you can restructure and you don't mind it because you know that there are guaranteed deals to be signed with them down the line. And we don't know that yet with Watson. So that's why there's concern about the situation with where it goes after five years and all of that too. So um I you know, this isn't meant to be a show that put you in a bad mood about your Browns. I think there's a lot of teams that we would still take, but I do think it's there to show you the hope that a quarterback gives to the future, especially the next three to five years. And then, you know, what it's going to take for you or us to feel really confident about them as a serious Super Bowl contender is sitting in the lap of, 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 of Deshaun Watson and Kevin Stefanski, those guys finding a harmonious relationship that works to produce points, you know, and that's, that's just what it more often than not comes. To. I think we had a vibes take, which I get it with the bills. I mean, it's not, some of these are not very clear cut. I think that there's a logical argument to make against plenty of them, 
but not many of these that we win against the quarterback because that's what's yeah. going to drive your hope, what's going to drive your enjoyment and you know your belief in the future, right Andrew? Yes, that is absolutely the basis of it. I just was counting them up. I there's eight other teams that I would switch places with from a fan perspective. It's pretty sobering when you think about it. And the the craziest part is that five of those teams have a worse record than the or the same or worse record than the Browns. That's the crazy part because it's not really about this year, it's about the overall picture. I just want to say too, I think if you you take the quarterback name out of it and you say to Browns fans, the Browns are going to trade for and then pay that amount of money for a quarterback. And he is going to play what nine of the nine games in two years. Um, and because of injury suspension, all of that, I mean, there's no way to look at that and say the value that they gave up is even close to what, I mean, they've gotten, it's, it's been an abject failure from, in these two years, I don't think there's any other way to, to say it objectively. So here's what I want to do. That's the, yeah, here's, here's what I want to do. We're going to do lightning round on the way out the door. All right. You cannot All even right. say why I just want a yes or no on these NFC teams. I'm not doing every one of them. All right, okay. here we go. Yes or no for each of these. You will go, Andrew, you're first then Jordan. You go right after yes. Eagles. Yes. Yes. Cowboys. No. Yes. 49ers. Yes. The hardest of yeses. <laughs> lions. Yeah, give me the Lions. Ooh, that one's tough. I would say no. Packers. Yes. No, I don't. That's so tough. Oh, my God. Yes, yes. Uh, I'll say no. My point is that there's not that many in the NFC that I can even bring up. Well, you didn't even say the Panthers. Yeah, well, I'm going to skip them. Like, like I didn't bring up an NFC South team. I'm looking at that. I don't think any of us would want to switch with them. Because even like the team that you look at and you think maybe is a quarterback away, like the Falcons, how are they – like, again, these guys are going to be gone unless they make a gigantic trade. And that's hard to be a part of your projection. The 49ers one, it's like – it's just a coaching one. Like, Brock Purdy on any other team – is hard to see him being this guy. So it goes back to what's funny is it goes back to the AFC's the loaded conference in the preseason, loaded conference, loaded conference, everybody. And now these people who cover the NFC are like, the AFC sucks. Well, the AFC is still the side of teams that you would want to, you, you know, you'd want to be just because there's a lot of the best quarterbacks to, to give yourself a bunch of lotto chances over the next five to eight years to win Super Bowls are sitting on that side. So fascinating stuff. I just, I'm, I'm looking at, it, I'm like, I don't even see many teams that, I can even bring up, right? Even the Lions are like, Jared Goff, do I believe in him? Especially if, if Johnson's gone after this year, what does that offense look like? That's a great point. It's, it's difficult. It's tricky. And I didn't even bring the Vikings are in that mix too. But like, why would you take the Vikings? You know, like Kirk Cousins, Achilles, who are they drafting? So it's dicey on the NFC side, even though like, it's funny to me that people on the NFC side are sort of on their stoop looking down at the AFC. But the AFC feels to me like the place where most of the quarterbacks that are driving some of these discussions to switch out with would be located. So anyway, fun exercise. You guys might disagree with us. Please don't yell at us. We're sorry. We, we just have opinions. We're doing our best. Uh, so I, I want to thank Jordan I'm for not. coming by. Well, you know, Andrew's doing mediocre work. So yep, there you go. we have Andrew. Andrew's doing that. Been, he's just been mailing it in this whole pod. It's unbelievable. Literally. 
I li- literally, yes. He's the Marcus Peters of podcast appearance. Uh, but <laughs> we will uh, we'll leave it at that. We're going to get out of here. This has been a really long pod. Might even be the longest we've ever done, but it was a, th- a fun exercise. So thanks to Jordan and Andrew for coming by, hanging out, and to you guys for making us a part of your Thursday or Friday whenever you're listening to this show. Check back in. We'll have uh, behind enemy lines as we normally do over the next few days. Andrew and I will talk about the weekend, really probably just the NFL because there's nothing going on in college. Maybe we could have some banter about why Florida Army State Navy. Got- got jobbed over yeah we'll do the army navy line there it is so that'll be up over the weekend then we'll get with brad on game day and it'll be here before you know it and uh listen thanks for stopping by appreciate you being here and go browns